So uh, we are still on our series titled The Church, Soul Battles and Deliverance. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year's, everyone. <laughs> so we are still on our teaching series, <clears throat> The Church, Soul Battles and Deliverance. The Church, Soul Battles and Deliverance. The Church being those who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, those who are born again and decided that I'm going to grow up in the kingdom, key thing, and make sure that I am impacting for the kingdom. Okay, you're not a part of the church because you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus said, I will build my church. So he wants to use you because we are lively stones. We are lively stones. So one of us, he wants to use us. So this is why the Bible tells us that you are light. You are salt. You are a city set on a hill. And even in that alone, you are light. We are light individually. But to be a city set on a hill, that's us corporately. Then we have soul battles in which the first, I think, five messages we taught on this series was about the church was about the church. Now we're going to get more into soul battles. Okay, soul battles come from ignorance or disobedience of the word. It's either what you don't know or what you would not obey. Amen? And then we have to deal with deliverance because deliverance deals with the father removing us from a situation. It's not him pulling devils out of us. That was before salvation. Oh, because you are saved, now because you have salvation, you have a right to deliverance. And now the whole thing with deliverance is, is pulling you from darkness. The Bible said that he translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. Deliverance happens when you keep going back into darkness. When you go back into darkness and you set up your residence there, that's when you need deliverance. But by way of you being a new creature in Christ, you should need deliverance as a new creature. Amen. Come on, you knew you already need deliverance? When we were born again, our spirit became one spirit with Christ. So we have a recreated spirit, and that spirit is a new life. It is a new person. Amen? Amen. So when it comes to deliverance, it's about him pulling us out of darkness. It's about him pulling our minds out of sin. It's about us keeping our mind focused on his kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. Amen. Now, the title of the teaching for today is The Miseducation of the Soul. The Miseducation of the Soul. This is going to be a series inside of a series. All right? The Miseducation of of the soul. And today we're going to deal with the aspect of us being children of God. Amen. All right. Now, this education means to be educated, taught, or informed wrongly. It means to be educated, taught, or informed wrongly. As children of God, we were not supposed to be, get the education of the Bible. If you're religious, I just lost you. 
We were not supposed to get the education of the Bible. We were supposed to get the education of the word. Us as his sons and daughters, we need to know what he said about us before he said, let there be light. That is the word. That is the logos. That's what we need to know. We don't need, we don't need to be Bible scholars. It does you no good to, know, to be able to name every book in the Bible, but then you don't know what it takes to be saved. It does you no good. If you don't know how to, if you can name every book in the Bible, but you don't know how to walk in the spirit. You don't know how to live in the spirit. You don't know how to take the inheritance that your father has already provided for you. We use the Bible. Say spiritual, natural, spiritual. Adam. When the Father breathed life into Adam, that was the beginning of spiritual life for humanity. When Adam sinned and he failed at him and Eve, they lost the right to be spiritual and everything then was natural. So now the redemption of Christ is bringing us back to the spiritual. The problem in the church is we've been investing all of our time in the natural part of the Bible. In the law, in Moses. We've been reading more about the Psalms and Proverbs and, and, and Genesis than we know about the Gospels and why Jesus came to do this. So we're talking today about the miseducation of the soul. Now, education has to have a foundation. It has to have a foundation. This is where we get our systems and methods of learning. This is where we get our roots and our origins and even our base thoughts. It has to have a foundation. The foundation in this ministry, or I'm not going to say it like that, the foundation of the Bible is the only reason why God did all of this is because he wanted to be a father. That was it. It ain't that. We don't, we don't, that's it. I could take up offering and go home. This is the only reason why the Bible exists. The only reason why planet Earth exists is because God wants to be a father. That's what Adam lost. That's what the Old Testament never had. That's what Jesus came to restore to us. That is the foundation of scriptures. Is that God just wanted to be a father. He was God all by himself. He has no beginning. He has no end. He was God all by himself. He could have created anything. He didn't create us so we can come in and just tell him how good he is. No, he wanted to impart his goodness in us. I got the receipts to prove it. So you have to, miseducation starts when we don't start on the right foundation. It starts when we don't start on the right foundation. And even if you have no foundation, no foundation is the wrong foundation. Why? Because if you, have the, if you start with no foundation or the wrong foundation and you begin to think, what foundation are you thinking from? Where did that thought come from? And in scripture, we need to, to together be able to see the foundation and think as one. The Bible constantly talks about us being one with him. How can we do that if we all got different foundations? 
You know how many denominations it is? Over 300. But it's one foundation. So the miseducation of your soul is important because our educational foundation establishes our curriculum. Come on. Our educational foundation establishes what? Our curriculum. It establishes what we teach and why we teach it. So the miseducation of the soul, here we go, is the major cause of all soul battles. Even in this ministry, our four teaching pillars, relationship, kingdom, the church, and ministry, all of those are off the foundation that God wants to be your father. If you don't know the relationship, if you don't know that he is your father, then you can never enter into the kingdom properly because the Bible says that the kingdom, Jesus said it pleased the father to give the kingdom. It pleased the father to give the kingdom. God didn't give the kingdom. It pleased the father to give the kingdom to his children. He wanted us to have it. Jesus arrived on the scene. The first thing he says is repent. Repent. What is he telling us? Change our mind. Change the way that we think. Because the kingdom is available. God so loved the word that he gave what? His only son. Why would he give his son? Because of the law of harvest. He gave his son because of what he wanted. He didn't so love the word that he gave the Holy Spirit. So he's not looking for a bunch of Holy Spirit filled people. He's looking for a bunch of people who are filled with Christ. The Bible says we are the body of Christ. The Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. The Bible says that our, our new life is in Christ. So the education of the soul is the major cause of soul. Our foundation is simply this. Wants to be a father. Amen? You, that has to be the foundation of your thoughts. If you get off of that foundation, you're going to wander off into religion. And you're going to start to live your life on an approval basis, not knowing that he's already right in his eyes. There's nothing you can do but accept him and live out the life that he predestined for you. Amen? All right, let's get started. Our first scripture. Well, I'm going to read through these, and then we're going to go back over them. So I'm going to read uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to read to verse 19, and then we're going to uh, start over, and I'm going to give some explanations, and then we're going to get up out of here. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For all are being led by the Spirit of God. These are sons and daughters of God. Verse 15. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 17, and if children... Heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Indeed, if we suffer with him, 
so that we may also be glorified with him. Say amen. All right. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Say amen. Verse 19. For the eagerly awaiting creation waits for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. Now let's rewind it all the way to verse 14. Since we understand, what is the foundation of, of the Bible? What is the foundation of the Bible? God is our Father. That is the foundation. And so I'm going to use these five scriptures just to show you how we can get off if we are miseducated. If it is not built on the right foundation, the Bible says that it will fall. It says if you don't build it on the rock, but you build it on sand, it says when winds come, when waves come, when things push up against it, it says you will collapse, it will fall. If it is not built on the uh, right foundation, so is your teaching, so is your understanding. So is your wisdom. So is your life. If it is not built on the right foundation, the moment situations and circumstances occur, you are going to fall. You're going to fall. You're going to quit. You're going to shrink. You're going to stop coming to church. <laughs> You're going to stop doing the things that the Bible says and, and go right to survival mode. So Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. So because it is all about us being his children, all right, nothing more, nothing less, Paul is writing to us and he is letting us know the mark of, of uh, and the proof of you being a child of God, me being a child of God, us being children of God is that we are led by the Spirit. Verse 15 says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, I read five scriptures to you, and four of them specifically speak about us being children. The Bible tells us to have the mind of Christ. Huh. Well, if we are to have the mind of Christ, then we have to find out what, is his, what was his mind like. His famous tagline was what? Come on, y'all, get louder. Come on, y'all, this is 2023. Put them baby voices away. I only do what the time said. <laughs> Come on, yeah, like you be doing it to everybody else. <laughs> I only do what the, <laughs> you think that's how Jesus said it? I only do what the Father tell me to do. <laughs> what is Jesus' tagline? That's her arguing voice. I just want y'all to know. All right? That's what she wants. That's my wife. I know that art. Yep. That's how y'all do it. Okay. We're going to do this again. But this time, do it like you're talking to Satan. All right? On three. One, two, three.
Amen. That's how you punk out Satan. When he's talking in your ear, I only do what the Father tells me to do. You show me that, I'll do it. But, the, but in, in verse 18, it gives us permission to cry out, Abba, Father. Why is he giving us permission to cry out, Abba, Father? Because in the Old Testament, they didn't have permission. They called him Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. He had all these different names, but then when you get over to the New Testament, you see none of them. You see none of them. He just said, call him Father. Father sums all of that up. So he lets us know that you have not been given a spirit of slavery that leads you to fear again. Now, this is the reason for mental health. The reason for mental health is miseducation of the soul. We still entertain the spirit that leads us to bondage. Y'all ain't going to help me. But he says, you have not received this spirit, which means your father didn't give you that. But instead, the scripture said that he gave us the spirit of adoption, which is the ministry of grace. Grace gives us permission to make mistakes in the relationship and understand that it would not, we would not be removed from the relationship. Grace gives us permission to get it wrong. It gives us permission to grow. That's why I tell you, you live by faith, but you grow by grace. You don't live by grace and try to grow in faith. You live by faith, trusting in the spirit realm, but then you grow in grace, knowing that you can make a mistake and you don't lose the relationship. So that gives the soul permission to grow into the spiritual life that is in Christ. And this happens where? At the soul level. What does our soul consist of? Our mind, our will, and our heart, or some say emotions. Our mind is supposed to be given to Christ, the mind of Christ. Our will is supposed to be given to the Father. Jesus said he didn't have a will. He said his will was to do his Father's business. He said his meat and drink, his appetite, which brings us to the heart. Because the Bible says wherever your heart is, that's where your treasures are. Wherever your heart is, that's where your treasures are. And to see it in reverse, whatever you're digging into, whatever you're trying to complete, whatever you're going after, that's where your heart is. No prayer life, you, you don't have a heart for it. You don't read the word, you don't have a heart for it. You only put your heart into the things that you feel are important. All right, I'll keep it moving. I see what y'all look on y'all face. So Paul said all of this, and then he says, now you can cry, Abba, Father. He said, you don't, we're not dealing with the spirit of bondage. Now, I'm educating your soul correctly. We did not receive the spirit of bondage. Instead, we received the spirit of adoption, which means that I am now his child. He has brought me out of the orphanage, and he has brought me into his house, and now his whole goal is to, is to raise me to be who he predestined me to be. Because you don't adopt the orphan, bring him into the house, and just look at their mistakes. That's counterproductive. 
It does no good for him to bring me into his household and then nagging me about everything I do wrong. You knew you was a sinner for you knew I was a sinner for you adopted me. That's why his eye is not on your sin. It's on your spiritual development. He's not looking at your sin. You are 100% sinner when you came to him. He wants to see if you are at 80% now. Uh-oh. Are you at 70% now? <laughs> are you at 50% now? That's what he's looking at. Are you growing into Christ? Verse 16 says, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, the scripture says that the spirit testifies. It testifies. It testifies what? The testimony of Christ. It reveals Christ. So anytime somebody tell me the spirit said, I'm listening for the testimony of Christ. I'm listening for the testimony of Christ. If you're a son or you're a daughter or you're a child, when the spirit speaks to you, it reveals Christ. If you are not a child of God, it convicts you of sin, it convicts you of righteousness, and it convicts you of judgment. So the spirit testifies with our spirit because we are now in Christ. So the spirit testifies the testimony of Christ, which is a testament or a covenant of, re of revelation. So the Holy Spirit is under a covenant in which he can't only speak about Christ. That's why the Bible says he reveals Christ to us. But it gets deeper. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is an advocate. Well, who does he advocate for? Say children. He don't just advocate for anybody. The Bible says that he teaches, he leads, he guides, and he instructs. Where does all that take place at? In the soul. So the Holy Spirit, watch this, speaks and moves according to the covenant. The Holy Spirit will not reveal the law to you. I'm sorry. That's a, that's a different type of spirit. The, the Holy Spirit is not introducing you into the law, of the, into the gospel of Moses. That's a different type of spirit. This is why the Bible says that the angels are ministering spirits sent to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. All right. Y'all ready? Here we go. Verse 17 says, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, if children, if children, Meaning, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, or I'm born again. I'm, I have been born again, and according to verse 14, I'm being led by the Spirit. If children, which means I'm being led by the Spirit. If children, meaning that I have accepted or experienced the spirit of adoption. I understand the ministry of grace. I'm partaking in it. If children, I now cry, Abba, Father. I depend on him and his ways. If children, 
if children, my, I have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I understand that the angels have access to my mind and they have been given permission from heaven to minister to me the things that come with salvation. If children, heirs also. If children. So if we are responding as children, he says you are heirs also. We need to know this because the miseducation happens when we say, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and we just sit back and wait on blessings. We don't do nothing else. And everything we hear is according to our life. It ain't according to his body. It ain't according to the kingdom. It's just according to what we want. Ain't it strange how we hear him? Ooh, he told me. I, okay, I'm going to stop. Somebody got, one time somebody got, uh, I think it was like a $50,000, something like that. And they came to me and they said, God told me I could buy whatever I want. I said, mm, okay, I hear you. I believe you. Two months later, all of it gone. Watch this. They didn't pay tithes or give offering. They planted no seeds, and they didn't give what they supposed to give to the kingdom. Was God speaking to them? They were hearing what they wanted to hear, to do what they wanted to do. And after all that was gone, they were dry. Miseducation of the soul, when you're not taught correctly. Somebody prophesied to you, you're going to be a millionaire. I've had it happen. Somebody prophesied to somebody, you're going to be a millionaire. And, and next thing you know, they stopped coming to church because God already gave them their word. They don't need to be a part of the body. They don't need to grow and mature into that million dollars because you have no idea the attacks that come with a believer that has a million dollars. You have no idea. You have no idea. You're not ready for it. I'm telling you, you have no idea the attacks that come with that. You think Satan going to let you preach, teach, prophesy, pray on a correct foundation with a million dollars with some influence? No, he going to bring hell to your front door every morning. You have to be built for that. So the prophecy came as foresight, but then the church, the apostolic, was supposed to give you insight on how to get it, how to keep it, how to maintain it, how to walk with it, how to walk in it. If children, he said, if children, heirs also. This is why the angels are ministering to you. That's what, they're always ministering to you. You have to hear it. But understand this, that, that Satan is an angel. So he knows access to your soul is how the ministering is done. So he intentionally tries to send things your way to miseducate you, to get you off. Because the last thing he wants you to do is receive that inheritance. So if children, if I'm led by the Spirit, if I'm adopted, if I can hear the Spirit according to the proper covenant, I, have a, I also am an heir of God. Not only an heir of God, but I'm an heir with Christ. So everything he has, I have. I ain't got to ask him for it. <laughs> because I'm a son, because I'm a daughter, it belongs to me. The issue now is I have to mature my way into it. That's the problem.
That's where the soul battles happen. Is the maturing my way into it. That's where it happens. We all, that's the fight of, come on now. That's, that's what we all fight through. Is the maturity of maturing our way into having power. What you going to do with power? You get it. You already going, you already got some people on your hit list. God just give me a beam from this hand right here. I will light them up. That's all. Father, bless me with all these riches. I already know who I'm not going to talk to. I already got my scissors in my back pocket. Soon as you give me some wisdom. So it says, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Here we go. If indeed we suffer. If indeed we suffer with him. So that we may also be glorified with him. Now, this is where the miseducation comes in. This is where the soul battle comes in. Because I want all the stuff above. <laughs> but it says if we suffer and miseducation will make suffering the enemy of my spiritual walk. When it should be my best friend, I should be looking for the suffering. I should be looking for the challenge. But if my soul is miseducated, then every time something comes against me, what did I do wrong, God? What did I get off at? How about you going through something so you can be built? How about we stretching your muscles because there's an assignment? How about we want you to be, victory, be, be victorious and not just say it? But if I don't see myself as a child, if I don't see that I need to be led by the spirit, if I don't entertain the spirit of adoption, if I don't hear the spirit in the right covenant, I won't understand that suffering is a part of this thing, is the introduction to development. Say that with me. Say suffering is the introduction to development. You want big muscles? It's going to hurt. Come on. You want that body tight and right? It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. That's why, come on. That's why we're running. We're going to no gym. No, mm-mm. Go a couple days, come home, you walking like you got a cast on, on your whole body, and you don't go back for two months. Because of the, the suffering, the pain of it. For me to take that pain and go back to the gym, I have to have a target. I have to have a goal in mind. says, if we indeed suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Who wants to be glorified with him? You don't want to be glorified, Marcus? <laughs> I like this one, Marcus. I know, I've seen him. You want to be glorified, Brandon? Thank you. All right. If we're going to be glorified with him, that's the depths of Christ. So it's going to be pressure. Diamonds come from what? 
pressure. Pressure. Pearls are made from what? Irritation. You don't find gold on the surface. You got to dig for it. And not with no shovel. You got to dig through rock. You got to risk harming yourself. But the thing about it is, if the miseducation of our soul is off, we never seek this. Soon as the pain happens, we quit. We run. Because of the miseducation of my soul. I wasn't taught that he was my father and I had to grow up. And that in growing up, I would go through some things. All you got to do is look at the life of Jesus. Did Jesus go through anything? How he going to tell us? He said, if they hated you, if they hated me, they going to hate you. Did y'all read that in your Bible? He said, if they persecuted me, Serena, they're going to persecute you too. But as soon as the persecution happened, we wonder what we do wrong. Nothing. Nothing at all. You deserve it. <laughs> it's a part of your development. Verse 18, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I'm going to read that again. For I consider, say I consider. That's all I want y'all to say was that part. That the suffering of the present time are not worthy to be compared, say compared, with the glory that is to be revealed in us. So this is not digestible when you are not informed properly. You can't digest this. We don't consider and compare. We don't consider and compare when we're going through things with the maturity of a child in mind. We're not going through things and saying, well, I consider this suffering I'm going through right now. Is nothing compared to the glory after it's done. <laughs> we don't do that. This is what Paul said. He said, I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. If you are not taught right, you will avoid the suffering and you will never see the glory. You ever seen someone who wanted, this is going on heavy right now. People get, getting perms, and then they're like, I don't want the perm no more. Now what they got to do? They got to shave it off. But most people, they don't want to shave it off. They don't, or just wait, right. But most people don't want to just go. They don't want to do it. Why? Because they're suffering. Most men I talk, they say they want to grow their hair, get brave. They don't want to go through the ugly phase. That's what they say. They don't want to go through it when it's mismanaged. Okay, when you can't handle it, when you're looking like you just stole something from somebody. They don't want, to, they don't want that part. We don't want that part where we have to go through it and, and, and it don't look presentable. We don't want our lives to not be presentable to people. We want to look good in front of people at all times so suffering is a no-no for us. Why? Because we're not considering it or comparing it. We're not considering that if I just wait these six months, this year out, that the glory will grow. The glory will grow. 
We're not considering that. Why? Because we don't want to go through anything. Verse 19. Somebody say, let it grow back. Hallelujah. Verse 19. For the eagerly awaiting creation waits for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. I'm about to close. I'm about to. The creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. Now, if anybody understands the foundational concept of Abba is creation. Is creation. So if creation is waiting, then this had to be foundational. This is what he always wanted. This is why he said that he predestined us to conform to the image of his son so that his son would be the firstborn of many brethren. This is the miseducation, is that we don't know that. It's not our thought process. We just want to go to heaven. We want to see it in heaven with a ukulele and a halo. We just want our seat in heaven when we're supposed to be bringing heaven to earth. Abba predestined us to conform to the image of his son. Then he said, if you are my children, you will be led by the spirit. Then he said, because you're my children, I've given you the spirit of adoption, whereby you can cry, Abba, Father. Then he says, the spirit is going to testify with your spirit that you are my child. Can you see the miseducation of Christianity? Then we get all the way down to the scripture and it says the creation is waiting. So where do you think Satan is attacking us? Becoming sons and daughters. He don't care about your money. He ain't attacking your money. If children, heirs also. Your money is in you being a child. Jesus was not walking this planet looking for a job. Stop, McKinley. He was not walking this planet looking for how he can increase it. He was a carpenter. That was the number one profession of his time. He could build boats, houses, chairs, everything that you could possibly need, he could build it. But he said, oh, I ain't going to whatever. But he said, I must be about my father's business. <laughs> he said he must be about his father's business. It had nothing to do with money. He knew with one prayer, his father could tell him to go get a million dollars out the mouth of a fish. That's spiritual. We ain't going to get on to that. We ain't ready for that yet. That's spiritual because we are, I can't have, yes, it can. Yes, it can. You have no idea. So now we can see why Satan is attacking Jesus in the wilderness. And when he attacks Jesus in the wilderness, first thing he says, Charles, if you be the son of God. 
First thing he says to him, if you be the son of God. He didn't say if you be an apostle, prophet, if you be an evangelist and a teacher, if you be a healer. He didn't say if you cast out devils. He didn't say if you walked on water. <laughs> he didn't say if you had disciples. None of that stuff was relevant to Satan. He said, if you be a son, turn this stone into bread. If you be a son, jump off the pinnacle. Test your father's power. It's the miseducation of the soul. We think Satan is attacking, attacking us in places that he ain't even looking at you at. The fallout in heaven came when he presented Christ. And he said, angels, worship my son. Read it in, in Hebrews chapter 1. That's when the fallout came. Satan targets the relationship. If you be sons of God, that's the test. Tomorrow morning when you get up, the test is if you be a child of God. You're going to want to pray. <laughs> the test is from Satan. He ain't going to say it like that. He knew he couldn't try Jesus like that. So he tried to get Jesus to use the power against the father. Why did he attack him as sonship? Let me ask y'all a question. Satan is the anti, finish it for me, Christ. Satan is the anti-Christ. Why is he not the anti-Jesus? Because Christ is the son. Because Christ is the name. I can't say that too loud. Religious folks, they'll get you. The Bible said when they gave birth to the baby, name the baby Jesus. Right? Then, after he died on the cross, the Bible said that he was given a name that was above every name. Is it the same name? <laughs> he added to him. That's why when you look in the Gospels at the beginning of them, you see Paul say he's an apostle of Christ. Jesus. He didn't say he was an apostle of Jesus. He was the first apostle of Christ. Why is he, why is he anti-Christ? Because the Bible tells us to conform to the image of Christ. <laughs> it tells us to have the mind of Christ. He's not anti-Jesus. You can say Jesus as much as you want to. And even if you did cast devils out, they can't go nowhere until it's their time. So you cast it out of one person, you just find another person to go into. Well, what prohibits them from going into somebody if we're all Christ? <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what prohibits him is the born again process of me being God's child and being one in Christ and having that new life. Then it was these two questions, I'm closing, that Jesus asked 
in Matthew 16, 26, and Mark, they're not up there. Give me for your notes. Mark 8, 36, Luke 9 and 25. He asked these two questions. He said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose your soul? That's one question. The second question he asked was, what is more valuable, Stanley, than your soul? Because what we talk, we're talking about the miseducation of what? The soul. We're talking about soul battles. The Bible said that the word will set you free. We're talking about miseducation of the soul battle. We talk about, I mixed all that up, didn't I? Miseducation of the soul. That's what we're talking about. He said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul, forfeit his soul, damage his soul? What does it profit you to eat all of the things that the world has for you, and then when he calls you to do a thing, your soul is damaged? He wants you to be a husband, but you've been listening to Big Pimpin'. So as soon as you get a woman, only thing you know how to do is make her do what you say. What does it profit you if you're going to be a wife and you're just going to sit up and watch Atlanta Housewife? And every time a man opens his mouth, you cut him off. I'm sorry if you do that. What does it profit you for him to teach, for him to call you to teach the word, but you have years of doing everything but being in the, word, in the Bible? You have to consider your predestined purpose and then direct your soul at that thing. That's what the 40 days of discipline is about. He said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Then he said, is anything worth more than your soul? Now, this is kingdom business, right? This business talk, profit and value. Profit and value. Jesus knew it. That's why he had to be about his father's business. The business of the kingdom is building your soul. I'm going to say it again. The business of the kingdom is building your soul. I'm going to say that again. The business of the kingdom is building your soul. When Jesus said, I had to be about my father's business, what was he doing? Where was he at? He was in the temple. He was sitting, he was listening, and he was asking questions. He was getting his soul developed. And then the Bible went on to say that he grew in wisdom. He grew in stature with God and man. You got to go through the same process. You're going to have to go grow in wisdom with God, and you got to grow in wisdom with man. But this is the miseducation of the soul. So we have to either reconstruct the spiritual education given to the soul, or we have to reconstruct the institution and the teachers. So, you go to school and you say, I'm going to school to be a doctor, a medical doctor. You've been there for 10 years and you ain't learned nothing about medicine.
You've been in church for 20 years, and the predestined purpose was for you to be a child of God and receive your inheritance. <laughs> it's either something wrong with the institution or something wrong with you. You should have looked at the syllabus. That's why I tell people, when me and my, before me and my wife started this ministry, we were looking for a church because we didn't want to do this. I'll just be honest with you. We didn't want to do this. We knew what it looked like. We knew the battles, and we had been in ministry already. We did not want to start a church. I'm pouting. So we were looking. You know what I would do? I would go to websites. I, I need to see your mission. I must have looked over hundreds of churches. Not one church said, if you come here, you can become a child of God. What do I do? <laughs> Whatever you just said, Ola. Universities are supposed to have alumni. How, far, how, how long do you stay in school before it's time to graduate? How long do we do this? In 2014, the Spirit spoke to me. I'm closing. Give me five more minutes. The Spirit spoke to me and said, why is the church the only educational institution where people show up every Sunday, every Wednesday, but they have no idea what they're about to become. He said the church should be doing it like the universities are doing it. When folks go to college, they know why. They know what they're studying. They know how long they're going to do it. They know what they need to graduate, to pass. The miseducation of the soul. When I went over to Nigeria, the driver, his name was Jerry. Uh, I went over in 2021, May of 2021. And uh, since then, he calls me periodically from Nigeria. And he called me about two months ago. And in talking to him, he said, he, he said to me that his son was going through his phone and he saw my picture and he kept on pointing me. So he said he knew he needed to call me. Okay, so he calls me, and we're talking on the phone, and I get to talking about sonship. I get to talking about being children of God. And in the next moment, he took over the conversation. And for the next 10 minutes, the revelation, the light came on, and he started to pull every scripture that he knew that agreed with that. I ran upstairs to my wife because I wanted her to hear it. I wanted her to hear it, okay, because he's in Nigeria, all right? And so he, I run upstairs, I let her hear it, and he's just going off about, man, yes, that's what we're supposed to be doing. This is what we're supposed to be doing. And then when he got done, he said to me, I want y'all to hear this. He said, I knew men, I know men who have built great things. I know men who have done miracles, signs, and wonders. I've seen men raise the dead. He said, but I do not know a man who knows God as a father.
Then he said to me, you have the message of the future. And I said, I know. I had it when I came over there. I ain't gonna, I'm gonna stop there. Okay, I'm gonna stop there. Because there was a lot of other stuff going on. For him to say that in the midst, you don't, you have to see what he's a part of. He goes to a church where they have a 50 seat sanctuary and it's packed every Sunday. 50, what would I say, 50 seat? Oh my God, thank you for helping me. They have, <laughs> nobody wants that, right? Um, they have a 50,000 seat sanctuary. It's packed every Sunday. They have six services and all of them are packed and plus they have 100,000 overflow. They raise people from the dead, tumors falling off. You see all of this stuff over there. You see all of it over there, but they don't know God as a father. So while I'm over there, the spirit speaks to me and said, what poverty is to Africa, what poverty is to Africa, mental health is to America. And you should not be in a church and have mental health issues. What does it profit a man to gain a whole world but lose his soul? What is more valuable than your soul? The job of the church is to cultivate and build the soul. That's what mental health issues are. So if we are in church and, and, and we are being properly taught, there should be no mental health in the church. It's the miseducation. It's the miseducation. It's we have been taught wrong. We have been educated wrong. We have been informed wrong. Amen. Let us stand.